0: Welcome to the Cap Gemini America's Corporate Social Responsibility Podcast. My name is Janet Pope and I'm the Vice President of Corporate Social Responsibility for the US, Canada, and Latin America. I look forward to engaging with each of you on diversity, digital inclusion, and sustainability challenges and initiatives. Let's get the future we want together.
1: Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of the CSC podcast. I'm your host Damon Ambers along with Saloni Sharma and we want to bring to you another good episode about mindfulness and sustainability. And without further ado let's get right into it. (laughs) So first to get it started let me just give you guys the opportunity to introduce yourselves.
2: Uh, so I'll go first, uh, Christiane Vidian, I go by KA, so please feel free to call me that, uh, my pronouns are she, her, been with Capgemini for 20 years and uh, head up go to market and business development as well as lead our ASC Academy globally.
3: And I'm Saul Salinas. Um, I joined Capgemini a year ago and I go by Saul um, and I head up our sustainability work for the Americas and and recently took on an additional role which is to work on our large global deals as well. So very happy to be here with you Damon and, and, and K.A. Well
1: it's great to have you both. Now I know you guys both had was part of an event that we did a while back ago a few weeks ago the mindfulness and sustainability event great event that you guys did even a great session at the end of it for just sitting back and meditating for a bit but i do want to ask how did you guys both get your like what inspired you to be you know mindful and sustainable
2: yeah i'll, I'll go first i'll we'll jump in um <laughs> i for me you know as as the part of the academy we talk about the superpowers of emotional intelligence. And those superpowers are mindfulness, empathy, and compassion. So we believe that mindfulness really starts inward in ourselves, which then moves to empathy towards other humans and beings like the planet and nature and all of that. And then compassion really is empathy in action. And so the translation of our own awareness into actions that we then will take or not take, and so how we make choices throughout our days. So I'd love to hear from you on that.
3: Yes, and you know, I I, I took up, uh, uh, Damon, the, the practice of meditation about 10 years ago. Uh, I was going through a certain period of my life, um, working very, very hard, um, had some issues, you know, from a, a personal standpoint. And and uh, no matter how hard I worked out and no matter how how uh, active I was in my hobbies, I, I, I came to discover that just wasn't enough. And I've always read about philosophy and so on and came across a book about meditation. And I started meditating and, uh, and it became a life changing event for me. And uh, as I think some some of you know, both of you know, Um, I meditate on a regular basis and what it does for me it grounds me it reminds me that we are all in fact connected and the term that I use of course is non dual and it certainly informs my approach to sustainability I mean as I think many have heard me say this is a very small little place that we live in it's wonderful but it's non dual we are in fact all connected. And uh, and anytime I meditate and and find that time, it just it just serves to remind me of how how uh, how precious and how connected we all are. That is impressive. Yeah, I know for myself,
1: I I tried to start meditating a while back, go back when I was in college when things were getting pretty uh, stressful. It was a, it was a great you know, de stressor to just sit back and and empty your mind for a little bit. But I know for me, I was always struggling to to you know completely empty my mind. So do you guys have any techniques that you have through your meditation process?
2: Yeah, and I think, you know, this idea of, of emptying your mind is, uh, while it's a great idea, the truth is it's so, that's so hard to do, right? Yes. Our, our minds are busy, they're occupied. And um, so if it's just about calming down our mind or the noise in our mind, I think that's mm-hmm. that in itself in itself is goodness Um, and if i look at meditation and let's just talk a little bit about the pattern language of what meditation is some people may use other words like grounding practices or contemplative practices and so it's whatever tool or mechanism makes someone comfortable with finding their calm and finding their grounding Um, I think there's, we talk a lot about what we call, um, micro practices, which are really quick, accessible practices. So things like starting a meeting with what we call a moment to arrive, to just allow folks to quiet their mind, drop into the meeting, focus on what they're there to talk about. Um, so to me, that's a micro practice of kind of the broader mindfulness umbrella, Mm -hmm. And then if you look at meditations, there's many ways we can meditate, we can do visualization exercises, we can do guided meditations, we can just sit quietly and kind of notice our thoughts and thoughts as clouds and watch them come and go. Um, But there's many ways in which each of us can find the practice that's best for us.
3: You know, I think it's important for us to remember that the term is mindful meditation, <laughs> mindless yeah. meditation. right. So by definition, um, you are thinking about other things. And one of the things I came to discover when I first started meditating um, is that it's perfectly okay for your mind to be occupied with other things. So I think it's important to to accept ourselves in those moments and to not seek necessarily relaxation. That's not the aim at least for me of meditation. It's just to be and 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 to let those thoughts flow through and as Ka well said, but to treat them in context and to treat them in passing. And sometimes some of the most productive sessions for me are those where I'm actually very busy thinking about other things and these other things come and go um, but I accept them for what they are fleeting, temporary, relative. And so again, the aim uh, should not be to sort of free your mind and to empty it, but rather to sort of think of, think of your thoughts as being relative, and and temporary, and um, and, and you know, and that's perfectly okay. And in my next meditation session, I will definitely remember that.
1: <laughs> but I know there is there's also another struggle for me too. That it's always with, um, I guess, finding the right time to to meditate and make it a a habit. And I always kind of struggle with that. How do you guys kind of form that
3: habit?
2: I think Saul's the guru. I've heard his story. Saul, <laughs> so why don't you why don't you yeah. talk about your well. practice?
3: Look, I, I meditate almost anywhere and any time. The only time I don't meditate is when I'm driving.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
3: but, but I've been found to meditate on a plane. I've been found to meditate in my backyard. Uh, you know, there, there are always moments, and they can be fleeting, by the way. You don't necessarily have to spend 30, 45 minutes in a formal meditation practice. You can spend five minutes and in and, 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 and a place where you can accept yourself, in a place where you can just be calm, in a place where where, where you, um, you become, as I said earlier, non-dual. So one can practice meditation almost anywhere. I think for those of you who are starting that process, certainly identifying sort of windows of time where you're not quote unquote interrupted are probably best as you become more comfortable in the practice. But at some point, hopefully you'll get to the point where you can do it almost anywhere and for varying lengths of time, you know, I've done retreats and I suspect you have as well, where you uh, you go away for quite some time. And my brother actually ha- happens to be a Buddhist monk and uh, and he is, uh, you know, he's well known to sort of go out for weeks at a time and be, be silent. I can't do that. <laughs> but uh, but wouldn't it be wonderful to have the opportunity to do that? Yeah.
4: Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, I think it's finding those, again, I'll call it micro practices, those mm-hmm. moments and just, and starting, starting small, mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, for me, meditation started on the yoga mat 25 years ago and then found it mostly, I would say outside and in nature. Um, mm-hmm. So just stepping outside for a few minutes and just you know kind of closing my eyes and feeling my breath and dropping in um and yeah i, I echo as all said you know start small start with five to ten minutes and uh, it's amazing what that period of time can do to change your 24-hour day
1: well listen to that that's that's pretty impressive i always go for like five minutes if i can but uh I know I can't be a Buddhist. <laughs>
4: <laughs> I guess one of the major intersections of like mindfulness and just being is like being able to observe, right? Mm-hmm. And like being able to effectively see things that you normally wouldn't see, right? And at sustainability, there's an intersection, right? There's there's that concept of like, realizing where does my stuff come from or what is that animal over there like you know you you tap into your environment in a way that is much more present and much more um observant um how do you think that changes behaviors like in your life like what do you what have you noticed change like i i know people really get into the smaller moments but what have you felt personally as a you know huge shift in the way you observe and exist
2: yeah, I mean I think if you look at where our thoughts go, right? And the trickle down kind of our thoughts then inform our actions. And those are everything from small small things to bigger life decisions, right? So everything from what products am I going to buy? What products am I not going to buy? What food am I going to eat? What food am I not going to eat? It's, it really, when you start to look at not only, let's call it the, the, the food on your plate, but where that, where that, the store that that food came from, who prepared the food in that store, uh, all of the delivery mechanisms in the supply chain that went to bring that food to the store and then to your home, right? All the way back and start looking at the resources that were required to make that food. I think that's where you get into really some big transformational life changing decisions. Um, And, you know, I think, uh, you know, Saul's been an early adopter of the sustainability movement. I'm probably later to the party. um, But I think just that awareness of what decisions I'm making on a small scale as as, as well as a large scale are really impactful.
3: Yeah. That's exactly right. And so that's my approach as well. I think, Salonia, thanks, thanks for the question. It's an important one. You know, they, there's a profound difference between lightning and the lightning bug perspective is everything, <laughs> right? And so, so there's a profound difference between being able to sit on a hill and, and oversee, you know, a valley and see a mountain. Um, and that, that's different from being the mountain. And so what I've learned and what I've sort of been able to develop, and certainly I'm, not, I'm not, not, not an expert in these things, but it does happen to me occasionally where I become the mountain, as I said earlier. And so, so as K.A. well said, you know, it's one thing for you to sort of observe a squirrel and observe it as sort of a frame, you know, just a single frame in time. It's an entirely different experience and a different appreciation of life to see that squirrel as a film. Um, You know, and and to see it as just one frame in 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 a film that includes not only the squirrel, but the tree, but includes the car behind it, includes a human being walking behind it. And so you begin to sort of see the world in entirely different ways. It doesn't happen all the time, but when it happens, it's a beautiful thing and you can't help but become sustainable. When you see the world that way, and when you are the mountain, when you are the squirrel, when you are the other human being, then 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 uh, then things begin to sort of um, fall into place and you begin to see your 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 role, uh, you know, in, in the universe, if I can say it that way, completely differently. You know, it's very hard to see it that way sometimes when you just,
1: you know, mind focus on one thing at a time and you just living your life. It's hard to get the bigger picture every once in a while. But Looking at it that way, yes, definitely.
2: Well, you just you bring up a good point, Damon, Mm -hmm. of mind focus on one thing at a time. And even Mm -hmm. that is not something we do really well, right? I mean, we have Mm -hmm. we multitask, we are focused on three or four things at a time. And I think it is that idea of trying to focus as much as we can on you know, right here together, we're having this conversation. After this moment, there will be the next moment where we're in another call Mm -hmm. or another conversation. But as much as we can, practicing that really being present in Mm -hmm. the conversations that we're having, or the work that we're doing, or the food that we're eating, (laughs) or the meditation that we're that we're experiencing.
4: I guess another Uh, question that I, I had was like, I think being in tech is like a really interesting space, right? Because, and you're always just thinking about the future and how things are going to change. And it's a very, it's a really future heavy career, right? You're constantly focused on how to bring something to a different portion of time. And it's, I think, just the nature of also how glamorous it's become to kind of be that way of hyper productive and making the, you know, the next big thing, like, what do you what role do you think mindfulness plays in creating a quality life right like i think it's really important as a tech company right it's we're doing a lot (laughs) and there's a lot of exciting things happening but like it's really i feel like a huge thing that's really glazed over is the fact that the future can't be good if the now isn't If you're you're not present now, right, if you're not like really addressing the quality in the systems of what you're doing right now. And so I'm curious, where do you think? What are your thoughts on, you know, mindfulness and tech, right? Like, where does it sit? Yeah.
3: Can I take this one first, Kay, is that okay? Go for it, I think yeah. As, as, I think as all of you know, sort of, I lived in this space for quite some time. I continue to. Um, but but, but you're exactly right, uh, Soloni. I think there's a magic in the time that we're living in right now that allows us to be connected through social platforms and our mobile phones in ways that we never could have imagined. Or I should say, we certainly would not have imagined as recently as 10 years ago. But, but, but at the same time, there's a dark side of that, which is, you know, I, I, I see... You know, almost on a daily basis, families going to parks with their children, and their children are playing on the playground, and the parents are stuck to their phones. And and, uh, and I think all of us do that. I do that as well because on the one hand we want to be connected, but on the other hand we don't want to be connected. And so so you're exactly right. I think what we need to do as human beings is to sort of, you know, take the magic of that connectivity and be selective about it. And not be exclusive about it and remind ourselves that as human beings, I think as Kay, you said earlier, we are more comfortable single tasking than multitasking. and and by definition, when you're on your iPhone and you've got sixteen different applications open and you're not taking you know account of that moment with your child or your dog or your parents then you are losing out in the moment. You're not being, non-dual, you're being multi-dual. And that I can't believe would be a help is a healthy thing.
2: Yeah, I think that's that's beautiful, Saul. Um and I think the ubiquitous nature of social networks and platforms has created more loneliness, right, in the world. And so it is choosing wisely and 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 choosing human connection as well. Um, I, I, one way I also want to address this, this question or idea of what role mindfulness plays is, I don't know about you, but some of my most creative thinking comes when I have kind of that space to think and you know going in in a space where we're back to back to back with calls we don't really create that space of innovative creative ideas and so some of my best creative thinking comes after A mindfulness or meditation practice or sleeping right or just downtime with your mind and so i'm a big believer that to get to the big ideas the big ideas of the future we need to create those moments and spaces of grounding practices to create that innovative innovative ideas and thinking
3: yeah you know and i I just have to add to that i think almost all of my ideas, KA, take place at 5.50, <laughs> like, you know, right before I wake up. I don't know what that says about me, but before I get sort of hit with everything that comes at 6 a.m., you know, mm-hmm. I come up with these things almost invariably, and it's consistent, so I I, I I can't agree more. That says a lot about the human condition, you know, and how we are, and so, yes, I think, you know, we do need to sort of find those moments during the day, and the way that I found them is to enter into a mindfulness you know, a, a meditation session. Even if it's a minute or two, it's amazing what happens.
2: Yeah. One, and one thing I'd encourage us to do is to not schedule full hour calls if we can, to schedule 45 minute calls or 50 minute calls to give that quick break in between calls so that we do allow ourselves and others uh, a few moments. That's a
1: great idea. I never even thought of that before. You know, maybe you stop right at that 45 minute mark, you can, you know, relax, get some food, de-stress hydrate, for a little bit, hydrate, little all the good stuff. <laughs> yeah. Instead yeah. of going back to back and missing, missing lunch, <laughs> yeah, missing, you know, misplacing notes and all that good stuff. So yeah, that's, that's definitely a strategy that I might have to take upon.
4: It's really interesting to see, like, um, even just like calling out how, you know, mindfulness and being more present can change the future change Mm -hmm. the way the decisions you make in such a in in a way that you might not notice but then it adds up in like this macro way and it's really cool to know that like the observations that you make have these like small moments in you like then they build up as action eventually but um just taking that time I think it's it's really interesting because of I really do think hyper-productivity in this, like, very future-oriented world that we're living in, it's, like, really taking away from uh, your, the way you observe, the way you, you even get to be creative, right? That's crazy, like, a lot of people don't even get to sit down and and be, like, what do I think about this, truly? Like, I don't know, you know? (laughs) It's just, like, amplificate like, total, it's, like, a little mishmash of a lot of thoughts, and so, um, I appreciate your, your thoughts on the topic, because clearly, you had quite a bit of time to figure this out.
3: Your observation yeah. is exactly right, Soloni. I think with more information, we think that it's okay for us to be able to process these multiple streams at once. And, you know, there have been times when I've sat, you know, in, in front of the TV with my wife or my children, and I've watched a movie and, and uh, you know, I'm certainly not a movie critic by any stretch of the imagination. But if you look at sort of how films were made 20, 30 years ago, how long you would sit on a particular scene. And it was okay to sort of be in a particular scene with two characters for 30, 45, 50 seconds now it's stroboscopic because it can be and I don't think that's a good thing necessarily and our lives are stroboscopic because they can be and I just as I think hey you said earlier I don't think that's a good thing either we need to go back to sort of being you know in the moment yeah
2: and and it's those moments of connecting with others or looking at the squirrel that are those (laughs) magical moments, right? And and if you're not present in the moment, you're going to miss out on, on the magic. So.
1: Definitely. Well, we can get to our last question that we have here. So what do you both see? uh, Who do you both see doing exciting work in the sustainability field that we should reach out to next?
2: Um, I was on a panel uh, around International Women's Day with a woman named Sheila um, Marovati, and she has started a organization called um, Habits of Waste. And so she founded this company that is focused on looking at habits that we've all had, so patterns that we've had of creating waste. So, for example when you order food from Uber Eats or DoorDash or any of those uh, those apps, automatically they used to include the plastic cutler, cutler tree with it, right? And And she basically fought in the state of California so that you had to opt in for that. And so by, you know, thereby getting rid of a lot of waste of people not automatically getting that. Um, So I think she's doing some really cool stuff in that space of finding those patterns that are just old grooves in ways that we've, you know, as a society have built things that are not, that are wasteful, that are not beneficial and really reframing and rewiring how we, how we make choices.
1: That's incredible. Nice. What about you, Saul?
3: Well, you know, uh, those of us who've been working this topic of sustainability sort of regard Unilever as the one company perhaps on earth that's done this as close to right as as anyone. And, and the ex-CEO of Unilever, Paul Pullman, has just come out with a book called Net Positive, along with Andrew Winston, who's again one of the pioneers on you know, on the topic of sustainability, it just so happens that we have some someone within Cap Gemini, Courtney Holm, who was at Unilever, and so I would say, you know, I, I would I would invite you, Damon and Saloni, to reach out to Courtney. She's uh, super well versed on the topic. I just love listening to her speak. She's very enthusiastic for obvious reasons. And she has had an inside view into the work that Unilever's done, which I'm very envious about. I've always sort of observed the work of Unilever from the outside, but she has an inside view. So if if either of you have an opportunity to speak with Courtney, I would do so. Um, I I think she's just uh, as passionate about this as anyone I've certainly ever met. I've only known her for a year and certainly enjoyed listening to her. So I would invite you to talk to her. She doesn't know that I'm mentioning this to, to, to you, by the way, so i catching my surprise.
1: <laughs> That's great. Two impressive names. That we, I can't wait to reach out to you. And honestly, it's been great to have you both on the podcast today. Uh, is there any, uh, any last thoughts or comments that you want to, to give to the, the viewers, listeners?
2: I'll just I'll just close with a statement that I've heard Saul say a few times, which is we are all hands on deck. Um, and there's, there's a comment that Jon Kabat-Zinn, who's really kind of the, one of the grandfathers of the mindfulness movement, he also says, we're all hands on deck on space, spaceship Earth. And it is all of our responsibility in those micro decisions and large, big, large decisions um, in this regard to, uh, to move towards a more sustainable future for us and for those coming after us.
3: Absolutely. And the only thing I would say is, again, what I've discovered through the, the process of mindful meditation is the appreciation that it's not just Earth Day, Earth Week, Earth Month, but Earth Life.
2: Yeah. Love it.
1: That's right. Well, it's, it's been an honor. Thanks for being on the podcast today. Yeah.
2: yeah. Thanks, for the, thanks for the time. It's been fun.
3: You bet. Thanks yeah. for having us. All right. Bye.
1: Bye. Thanks, everyone, for listening. And I first wanna give a quick shout out to Andy Happel for making this episode possible. If you like this episode, follow us on the Care Sustainability Communities team page. Here we will list more episodes in the podcast and it's also home to other events and initiatives that the Care Sustainability Council also hold. One of our guests, Ka, has her own team's page, Mindfulness at Capgemini. Here you can find quotes, recordings, and other material to keep us mindful at work. Here's a quick snippet of one of her sessions. I wanted
2: to do a really quick, uh, self paced meditation for you. Anytime you have a few minutes today to honor the earth, honor our planet. Um, and just to find yourself some grounding time, uh, as a micro practice in mindfulness. So I encourage you to find a seat. You can just sit
1: These seat. micro practices really help me get through the day. So make your journey on over to KA's team page when you can. And in addition, we also have Saul Salinas, who is an advocate for sustainability.
3: Here he is now. You know our leadership team, from Iman on down, has invested heavily on this topic of sustainability. Uh, and in particular climate change and we're certainly do that, doing that here in the Americas and I would ask you to do the same thing. Uh, there is no more important activity that we can
1: use. With this passion and influence, Saul continues to make great strides in sustainability field. Lastly for our listeners outside of Cap Gemini, uh, you can find more episodes at soundcloud.com slash nacr underscore radio and with that being said Thank you for listening. And here's Janet Pope.
0: It looks like we've come to the end of another Capgemini America's Corporate Social Responsibility Podcast. Again, I'm Janet Pope. And on behalf of the entire America's Corporate Social Responsibility team, I'd like to thank you for listening. If you have a specific topic on diversity, equity, and inclusion, sustainability, or digital inclusion that you'd like us to cover on a future podcast, please comment in the podcast channel. We'd love to hear from you.